1: gathered in love and service for justice and peace. This lesson comes from the Reverend David Blanchard, who is the Unitarian Universalist Minister in Syracuse, New York. He writes, Two years ago, I was part of a cleaning expedition at our church. We were going through an area called the Bunker, hauling out old paint cans coffee cans full of bent nails, moldy stuffed animals, and minutes from membership committee meetings held during the presidency of Gerald Ford. One of the boxes I opened, shoved way back underneath a lower shelf, appeared to be stuffed with old newspaper, but clearly had some heft to it. So I started unwrapping. The newspapers were from 1962 the Syracuse Herald Journal. Inside was a crèche that had not seen the light of day in 40 years. The figurines were marked Italy, and they were finally done. There were shepherds, wise folk, angels, and an assortment of appropriate critters. And there were two Josephs. I ransacked the box, turned it upside down, went through the papers again. Not a single Mary in sight. (laughs) And I smiled. Yes, of course, a holy family.
0: A Lesson in Interfaith Dialogue, The Christians and the Pagans by Dar Williams. Amber called her uncle, said we're up here for the holiday. Jane and I were having solstice. Now we need a place to stay and her Christ-loving uncle, watched his wife hang Mary on a tree. He watched his son hang candy canes, all made with red dye number three. He told his niece, it's Christmas Eve, I know our life is not your style. She said, Christmas is like solstice, and we miss you, and it's been a while. So the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table, finding faith and common ground, the best that they were able. And just before the meal was served, hands were held and prayers were said, Sending hope for peace on earth to all their gods and goddesses. The food was great, the tree plugged in, the meal had gone without a hitch. Till Timmy turned to Amber and said, is it true you're a witch? His mom jumped up and said, the pies are burning and she hit the kitchen, and it was Jane who spoke. She said, it's true, your cousin's not a Christian, but we love trees, we love the snow, the friends we have, the world we share, and you find magic from your God, and we find magic everywhere. So the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table, finding faith and common ground, the best that they were able. And where does magic come from? I think magic's in the learning. Because now when Christians sit with pagans, only Pumpkin pies are burning. (laughs) When Amber tried to do the dishes, her aunt said, Really, no, don't bother. Amber's uncle saw how Amber looked like Tim and like her father. He thought about his brother, how they hadn't spoken in a year. He thought he'd call him up and say, it's Christmas, and your daughter's here. He thought of fathers, sons, and brothers, saw his own son tug his sleeve, saying, can I be a pagan? Dad said, we'll discuss it when they leave. So the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table, finding faith and common ground, the best that they were able, lighting trees in darkness, learning new ways from the old, and making sense of history, and drawing warmth out of the cold.
2: Our next lesson, a poem from one of the greatest of American contemporary poets, Dr. Maya Angelou. Amazing Peace, a Christmas Poem. Thunder rumbles in the mountain passes, and lightning rattles the eaves of our houses. Floodwaters await in our avenues. Snow falls upon snow, falls upon snow to avalanche over unprotected villages. The sky slips low and gray and threatening. We question ourselves what have we done to so affront nature? We interrogate and worry God. Are you there? Are you there really? Does the covenant you made with us still hold? Into this climate of fear and apprehension, Christmas enters, streaming lights of joy, ringing bells of hope, and singing carols of forgiveness high up in the bright air. The world is encouraged to come away from rancor, come the way of friendship. It is the glad season. Thunder ebbs to silence, and lightning sleeps quietly in the corner. Floodwaters recede into memory. Snow becomes a yielding cushion to aid us as we make our way to higher ground. Hope is born again in the faces of children. It rises on the shoulders of our aged, As they walk into their sunsets, hope spreads around the earth, brightening all things, even hate, which crouches, breeding in dark corridors. In our joy, we think we hear a whisper. At first it is too soft, then only half heard. We listen carefully as it gathers strength. We hear a sweetness. The word is peace. It is loud now, louder than the explosion of bombs. We tremble at the sound. We are thrilled by its presence. It is what we have hungered for. Not just the absence of war, but true peace. A harmony of spirit A comfort of courtesies security for our beloved's and their beloved's we clap hands and welcome the peace of Christmas we beckon this good season to wait a while with us we Baptist and Buddhist Methodist and Muslim say come peace come and fill us and our world with your majesty. We, the Jew and the Jainist, the Catholic and the Confucian, implore you to stay a while with us. Stay a while with us so we may learn by your shimmering light how to look beyond complexion and see community. It is Christmas time a halting of hate time. On this platform of peace, we can create a language to translate ourselves to ourselves and to each other. At this holy instant, we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ into the great religions of the world. We jubilate the precious advent of trust We shout with glorious tongues the coming of hope. All the Earth's tribes loosen their voices to celebrate the promise of peace. We, angels and mortals, believers and non-believers, look heavenward and speak the word aloud. Peace. We look at our world and speak the world word aloud, peace. We look at each other and then into ourselves and we say, without shyness or apology or hesitation, peace, my brother, peace, my sister, peace, my soul.
3: Think with me for just a few moments what comes to mind when I say, tell me about a really great gift you've received. I think first of books and music and camping equipment. My great-grandmother giving me piano lessons. My grandmother giving me a Hardy Boys mystery. Cam giving me the Oxford English dictionary admitting to which seals my fate as a nerd <laughs> and did I mention that I was so excited when I opened it I wept <laughs> be afraid <laughs> and I think of getting the complete collection of Cat Stevens music also from Cam and from my mom, over the course of my childhood, really nice hiking boots, my first down sleeping bag, a bookcase. There's a theme here. <laughs> but when I take this question deeper, tell me about a really great gift you've received. I remember gifts of time, Presence of presence. My grandfather getting up early and sharing the wacky breakfast he always made for us. A soft boiled egg, supermarket coffee roll, stinky blue cheese, squares of Hershey's milk chocolate and warm orange juice. His had whiskey in it. (laughs) Playing marble roll and Chinese checkers. Walking up the long hill to visit the ducks on the pond at Monotomy Rocks Park. Working with my sixth grade teacher, Mr. Lemaire, to make Dylan Thomas's A Child's Christmas in Wales into a play for our class. Dr. Nickerson's leading our high school English class in Thoreau's footsteps to Walden Pond and showing us where his bean field had really been planted which to our delight was not where the National Park Service said it was. And the sign is still wrong. My mind goes to places as varied as a hospital bed, Kem sitting beside me as I recovered from shoulder surgery, and a wintry sunrise in the Berkshires, which our junior high, high school youth group advisor, Pat Green, had awakened us to see. A gift and a gift. When we start talking about gifts from this perspective, presence of presence, we know exactly what it is we should be giving. Mary talks about the hell of alcoholism and the simple but profound joy of piling into a car with her new friends in AA, driving through the suburbs to look at the Christmas lights. Bob recalls an empty beach where he walked through his grief hour after hour, day after day, after a death in the family. A rotation of friends never left him alone. But there doesn't need to be a tragedy for us to give this kind of gift, to be this kind of gift. One of the best gifts I ever received came at the holidays many years ago when I put electric candles in every window of the house. Our younger daughters helped. Not <laughs> it took forever. As darkness fell, I bundled them into their snowsuits, told them to close their eyes, and carried them out the front door and into the street, one on each hip. One, two, three. Open. They were too young to have been able to imagine the full effect of light in the darkness. So they did what many girls do. They screamed really loudly. It was profoundly satisfying. Not the screaming, the surprise, the wonder, the sheer unadulterated joy at the gift of making light in the darkness. My spiritual companions, in this season of both heightened expectations and deepened disappointment, let's make presence of our presence and light in the darkness in someone else's life. A smile, is like a lighthouse. A kind word could make all the difference. It's a spiritual practice with bonus points for gifting a stranger. And yes, it's magical. The biggest gift is reserved for us. After all, there will be more love, more joy, and more peace. Amen.